Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Joel as we continue through the message in the book of Joel. And the message is entitled, The Lord's Message of Hope and Restoration. And so Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. And let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Lord, we come to you again and we ask that as we study your word now that you be our teacher. We thank you again, Lord, that you're the God of compassion. 
who desires that all people come to know you and to live in relationship with you. We pray, Lord, for each individual here today and every family represented, both here in this sanctuary as well as those who will see this online and listen by way of radio, podcast, internet, whatever the case might be. We pray that every heart of every family would be touched. We come to discover your tremendous love, your loving kindness. Speak to us now, we ask, O Lord, and we pray that our hearts will be open to you. We come, Lord, each one of us, every family, with various needs, difficulties, and challenges. We know that you are well able to meet every individual need. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet each need according to your will and purpose for each individual life and for each family, and also for our nation. Again, Lord, we pray for our nation. We lift her up to you. We pray forgiveness, restoration, And that we would be a blessing to the rest of the nations of the world. We also lift up our sister Israel and pray for the peace of Israel, for the salvation of the Jewish people, as well as the Gentile people throughout the world. Oh, Father, we have such a tremendous, such a tremendous privilege to know you, and an awesome responsibility and privilege to serve you, to serve one another. As we study your word, touch our hearts, open the eyes of our understanding by your Holy Spirit. To the glory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we give thanks and pray. Amen. So Joel chapter 2, the Lord's message of, of hope and restoration. And we, we looked at a few of the uh, verses in last week. The, uh, the blowing of the trumpet this uh, second time in the, in the book of Joel, was calling the people, calling the nation to worship, to, to repent and to, to worship. In the, uh, the first point in, uh, in the message, we had to consecrate a fast, a, a, a giving up of uh, the pleasures of life, if you will, for a, a certain period of time. And then the calling of the sacred assembly, recognizing that it was a, a special time of worship where, where all of the nation gathered together 
to, to worship the Lord. And that all people were to, to be gathered. The young, the old, the rich, the poor, you name it. And even, even the newlyweds, and we, we, uh, we discussed how that newlyweds were generally exempt from certain services and uh, periods of responsibility, a, a period of time for the, the first year. But even they were called to come and to, to worship, to sanctify the congregation. The, the Lord's congregation is, is sanctified by God the Holy Spirit who sanctifies the individual life and the Lord's church as a whole. And then the priests and those who minister, they get down upon their knees and to, to weep on behalf of the Lord's people, to weep on behalf of the nation. And oh, that, oh, that the preachers and the ministers throughout our country would pray on behalf of our nation. So many great denominations that have really fallen by the wayside. Unwilling to preach the truth, unwilling to, to stand up for righteousness and to, to share the, the gospel. And instead giving speeches to make people feel good about themselves. And I'd, I'd rather feel good than to feel bad. But, but we want and need to hear the truth of God's holy word. And then the second point, God's response to his people when they, when they repent, and that's in, in the second chapter here, verses 18 through 24. God's zealous in his love. And over in the, the first chapter in the, in the book of 1 John, the epistle of John, the scripture says, if we say that we haven't sinned, if we say that, that we're not guilty, basically, then we deceive ourselves and the, the truth is, is, not, is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever heard the guy or maybe... The woman who said, well, I, I couldn't go down there to that church. If I were to go down there, the roof would fall in. Well, you know what? That's, that's not the case. It's not the case. Our God is the God of the, the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. Right? He is, he is the God of love and of mercy, of compassion. He is the God of forgiveness. He is the God who loves and keeps on loving. And he, he answers our prayers. And we looked at, at Psalm 103 last time. Beautiful Psalm. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his, his love, his mercy for those who fear him, for those who love him. And like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those. <coughs> Our God is a compassionate God. And what is it that people in the world need today? Considering all that the entire world has gone through and the fear that is still out there, 
People need to know that God cares. And that God is a God of compassion and love. He is the God who wants to embrace us with his love. And he promises deliverance and protection. And we, we talked about the fact over the last couple of weeks that, that there is a judgment coming. And because God loves us, judgment must come. And that's not a popular message. Accountability. No one likes to be held accountable. And yet, accountability is coming. The judgment is coming. But God promises restoration. And in our, our third point, he promises restoration and provision for his people. We looked at this last time. The book of Joel is about this, this locust plague that had hit Jerusalem specifically. Israel, but, but Jerusalem was, was devastated. Judah was devastated. Things wiped out. To the point that even the animals were starving to death. Not just the people, but also the animals. And God says, come to me, that is, come to him to repent. With, with genuine hearts of devotion and love. And he said that he would renew the land and make it fruitful. He would nourish not only the vegetation, but the vegetation would then nourish the animals, and the animals providing food, as well as the, the vegetation providing food for his people so that his people could be nourished. God restores what was destro uh, destroyed. He restores what was destroyed and lost through the plague of locusts. But the question that we must ask ourselves is, what have you lost over the course of your life that you regret? I remember teaching a class, and, and you know, mostly young people in the, in the class, in their 20s, 30s. And I asked the question, do you have any regrets? And this one young lady said, nope, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> and I said, well, you haven't lived long. Okay. But don't worry. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> because there are many things in our lives, are there not? Decisions that we've made. Things that have been lost. Many people have lost their health. Many people have lost their joy and enthusiasm for life as a result of, of what has taken place over the, the last year. And all of the frustrations. And many people have lost their jobs. Many people have lost their businesses. And many people have lost their loved ones. Many people have lost hope. But our God is the God of hope. Jesus Christ is the blessed hope. He is 
hope for life. And as Christians, we must not only understand and acknowledge, but also share with others that, that this life is not all there is. If you are living only and solely for this life, for this earthly life, you are in a miserable, tragic state. The best is yet to come. Amen? You see, the best that God has for us is yet future. Future. We get to live a little bit of, of heaven on earth because we have God the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us, the Spirit of Christ. We have the truth of God's holy word. We know what life really is all about. And the best is yet to come. And God is able to restore. God is able to heal, to mend. And God's people are called to praise the Lord for his wonderful love and care. Take a moment and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 25. Jesus speaking in his beautiful sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry. All this past year and even still, people are worried. Are they not? They're living in fear. But God's children are not to be fearful. The Bible says he's not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of a sound mind, because he lives and dwells within us. Our lives are anchored. They are secure in Christ Jesus. Amen? And he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or, or what shall we drink, or, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles or unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then turn to Psalm 100. You're probably familiar with that psalm. Psalm 100. Just a few verses. Psalm 100. 
Make a joyful shout or noise or song to the Lord, all of you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Notice that. His truth endures to all generations. Forever. God's word is settled forever in heaven. His truth endures. And God's people will live forever with him. The best is yet to come. Amen. And so, verses 27 through 32 in, in Joel. Let's turn back to Joel. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. There is, a, there is a, a passage referred to as the Shema in the Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is no other God. From eternity past to eternity future, there has ever only been and there will ever only be one God. And whether people want to acknowledge it, that does not negate the truth that God alone is God. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45, and let's read it, verse 4. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my elect, I have even called you by name, I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. 
There is no God besides me, the Lord speaking of himself. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. And we've said before that, that God allows things to occur. But God's desire for all people, and in every circumstance of life, is for people to discover Him, to come to know Him, to discover His love, to discover His deliverance, His compassion, to come to know Him and discover the real purpose for life. We have such a tremendous privilege to know God. He is the goal of life. To know Him, to love Him, to enter into relationship with Him. And we've, we've shared before how that as, as human beings we have three relationships, three different types of relationships. We have this relationship with God, often referred to as a vertical relationship. And then we have a, a horizontal relationship with, with our fellow human beings. And then we have a relationship with ourselves. I'm finding as I'm getting older, I'm talking to myself more and more these days. <laughs> and Cheryl, she'll come down and oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm talking to myself. <laughs> and, and, and to the Lord. The, the most important, now all of these relationships are important, but the, the one that is that is most important is the relationship that we have with him. And if that relationship is out of whack, all of the others will be out of whack as well. For those relationships to be healthy, our relationship with him must be healthy. And people out in the world, unbelievers and people struggling, need to know that God wants to enter into relationship with them. They need to know that he cares about them. Yes, even in the midst of pain and suffering and misery and sickness, you name it. God cares. He cares. And there is no other God. He alone is God. He says, I am the Lord your God and there is no other. He goes on to tell us over in the book of Joel. But he will vindicate his people. Deliverance is coming. Judgment is coming, but deliverance is also coming. Remember that, that to share the gospel, we have to share the whole gospel. Jesus went to the cross, and, and why did he go to the cross? He went to the cross to pay the price of judgment. You see, for the Christian, for the person who has accepted Christ as Savior, the judgment fell upon Jesus at the cross. Many people don't get this. They, they don't get it. And they mistakenly think that, that, that Christians think that they're perfect. No, we know we're not perfect. Far from it. 
Just ask my wife to tell you. <laughs> okay. Far from being perfect. But we have a perfect salvation because we have a perfect Savior. And people in the world need to know, they need to understand that God loves them with a perfect love. His love for us is perfect. Because He is perfect. And He desires to pick them up, to clean them up, to comfort, to heal, to make well, to save. To restore. Jesus suffered the penalty there. He paid the price of judgment. But there is another judgment coming. And when we, when we share the gospel and we share God's love, we must also share the fact that God, because of his love, holds us accountable. And every, every single person will be held accountable. No one will escape. And God's books are also perfect. No juggling of the books, you know. Goes on. God will exalt his people. It says here in Joel. God will exalt his people. That is, God will reward his people. And we don't have time to look at all of the different passages. But I would encourage you to read over in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, chapter 20, 21, 22, where God, God vindicates his people. Now, I read from the, the 42nd chapter in the book of Job this morning in Sunday school. Verses, I think, 7 through 10 or something like that. And those of us, those of you who've been in Sunday school, you know the, the lessons, how, how Job's friends... They continue to point the bony finger, right? In his face. But Job is vindicated in the end. And God speaks to Eliphaz. He was the oldest of the, of the so-called friends who continued to point the finger at Job. And he, he tells them, you and your two friends did not speak what was right, like my servant Job. All this time, all this experience that Job was having with these guys, they continued to just bombard him with criticisms and judgments, you name it. But in the end, he was the one who was vindicated. And they had to go and, and get some animals for a sacrifice, bring them to Job, and ask Job to pray for them. Because God said, I'll accept him, I'll accept his prayer. And if you don't do it, then I will deal with you according to your folly. In other words, they were going to get justice. All this justice that they were talking about, they were going to get it if they didn't obey God. And have Job pray for them. God's going to vindicate his people. In the end, God's church will be vindicated. And everyone will know that the message that the church has preached about the Lord Jesus Christ was real and true. And that beside him there is no deliverance. 
that deliverance, that hope, that salvation, forgiveness, life, eternity, heaven, paradise, forever and ever and ever is found in him. And both Gentile and Jew, Israel and other nations around the world that have received Christ will be vindicated. And Jesus Christ will be glorified. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And then the promise is made that God will indwell his people. Now, you can read of this over in the, the second chapter in the book of Acts. The apostle Peter gets up and he, and he begins to, to preach. Remember that, that on the day of Pentecost, the, the, the believers in Christ were, were filled to overflowing by the blessing of God the Holy Spirit, and they were enabled to speak in languages that they had never learned or had spoken before. All these different people were, were there in, in Jerusalem at that period of time from, from many different countries, and they began to speak. And what did they speak? They spoke the glorious things about God in all of his glory and wonder. They were proclaiming the message of salvation in languages that they had never spoken in before. And Peter, he says, this is, this is part of that fulfillment that was prophesied in the gospel, or rather in the book of Joel, where God says that he would pour out and we believe that, that that has continued over the last 2,000 years and will continue into the future. Because every time a person comes to know Jesus as Savior, what happens? The Holy Spirit of God comes into that person's life and indwells them. And if they will submit to the Lordship of Christ and submit to the guidance of God the Holy Spirit through God's Holy Word, they will live a life of devotion. They'll live a life that brings honor to the Lord. God will bless his people with spiritual discernment. He says in, in the second chapter that, that not just the men, but even the ladies too will, will dream dreams or, or see things or understand things. The Bible says of itself that the unbeliever wrestles with the Bible to their own destruction. Why? Because the truths of God, because his word is spiritually discerned. That is, God the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us understanding. God the Holy Spirit is also the one who enables us to see what is happening in the world and recognize what is really happening. And oh, Consider the things that are happening in our own country. When we celebrate independence, you know there's a movement now that they want to cancel the 4th of July. And everything to undermine and to destroy. What a tremendous nation. A tremendous, tremendous nation the United States of America is and how God has so tremendously blessed it. 
the United States of America and has used it to bless the rest of the, of the world. Is the nation perfect? No. Is the government perfect? No. Are you perfect? No, we are not. Neither you nor I nor anyone else. The only one who is perfect is God. He is the only perfect one. But instead of tearing the nation down, we should be building the nation up. What a privilege it was to, to serve in the military for the United States of America. And it's still a privilege, and it's an honor and to fly the flag. And those people who say flying the, flying the flag is racist, they don't even understand. They are ignorant of what all that represents. The blood shed, the, the, the purity, the honor, and the sacrifice on the, on the battlefield. And not just for our own country, but for countries around the world. Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, but that a man lay down his life for his friends. And like the Savior who gave his life that we might know life in all of its abundance and joy and freedom, so those who serve in uniform, both men and women, who dedicate their lives to the freedom of our great country, and in honor of those who have, who have given their lives, we celebrate today. We celebrate that we live in the beautiful United States of America. God blesses his people with spiritual discernment. Think about it. You could have been born in any other place in the world. Sometimes I call Cheryl my, my China doll. Now why, why do I call her that? Because she was born in Taipei, Taiwan. <laughs> but also happens to be Native American. Cherokee and Choctaw. Now you wouldn't know that, right? This nation of ours that God has given to us, blessed us with this, is such a diverse nation. It's rich in diversity. Why then are so many just intent on creating division when we should be drawn together and to see the beauty of the diversity that God has brought to our great country. Well, God gives spiritual discernment through God the Holy Spirit. Over in Numbers, I, I won't have you turn there, but, but Moses put it this way. Moses said he wished that all of God's people were prophets and would prophesy, that, that the Spirit of God would be upon all of God's people and that they would all preach. So what do we learn as we, as we bring this message to a close? First, God calls his people to repentance and worship. He says, turn to me with all your heart. 
When God's people respond in obedience and genuine devotion, God pours out his forgiveness in wonderful abundance. Our God is not stingy. God is not stingy. He is generous. He is so generous. We sang that hymn last week, Jesus paid it all, amen? And he paid it all. And then third, although judgment is coming, he's provided a way of escape that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we have John 3, 16, but it's also right here in this second chapter, is it not? We just read it. That whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Fourth, God will be glorified, his people vindicated, and wickedness will be destroyed. That is coming. That is in the future. Imagine living in a place that's perfect. It's beyond, our, it's beyond our ability to understand. We're going to live one day, there will be no sin. Imagine, I, I, I can't imagine that. <laughs> it's going to be marvelous. And then lastly, through his Holy Spirit, God dwells in the midst of his people, and we will live with him forever. For it. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I need thee every hour. Every hour, every minute, every second. Amen. Let's stand, please. Maybe you're here today and you've not received Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe you're listening by, by way of radio podcast on the internet. God, God cares for you. Give your heart to him through prayer as we sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.